Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Death Metal Disco Podcast. I'm your host, James. That's weird. I don't know why I did that. Actually, I do know why I did that. It probably has something to do with whiskey. Because uh, this is another episode that I decided to have some whiskey with. And I don't give a fuck if you care, because I'm a grown-ass man. Anyway, hi, and welcome. Welcome to the Death Metal Disco Podcast. I am your host, James. Some of you may know me as Daddy. Uh, If you don't, maybe you should. Learn to love it. Anyway, it's Friday night. Uh, Nothing to do. Because, you know, still in continuation of last year. Where shit is minimal. And uh, that's currently okay. I'm good with that. I mean, I'd like to go out and do stuff. But, (sighs) alas, that is not in the stars. Not in the cards. Not in the bones. Or whatever other uh, fucking... uh, Psychic phenomenon, fucking, I can't even think of the words that I'm looking for now, so I don't, I'm just going to stop talking right there about that. Anyway, uh, a couple things I wanted to say uh, in the beginning of this is that, uh, first of all, thank you for listening. This is episode number seven, and you know what they say about episode number seven. They say it's the one that comes after episode number six, which is last week. So, got that going for me. I don't really ever think that number seven is lucky, but tonight is the $750 million Powerball jackpot. And I'd be lying if I said I didn't buy a ticket. And I'd be lying if I said I didn't uh, think I'd win. So that's what I'm doing tonight is thinking I'm winning about winning $750 million on the Mega Millions. I don't know if I said Mega Millions the first time I've said Powerball. That's tomorrow. Today is Mega Millions. Uh, So anyway, if I'm $750 million richer when this uploads on Monday, uh, cool. If I'm not, cool. Either way, there's probably still going to be another podcast episode. Um, On the subject of podcasts, and specifically this podcast, because it's the one that I do, uh, I wanted to say thanks again for checking it out. Thanks if you've shared this. Uh, I've had some recent feedback, and it was really, really, really good. A friend of mine who I acquired due to the band playing a show, the Denver Death Fest, uh, back in 2018, he came to that. Um, I didn't meet him before this. He came to that and uh, he had heard some of the bands that had been playing and he came and checked out our set and liked it. And so we befriended each other and we're on the Facebook and all that good stuff. And he's a really good guy. Uh, Sam. Sam had sent me a message that I actually posted on the Twitter and the Instagram. By the way, I have an Instagram account now for the death, for the death metal disco podcast. Um, I think it's called the death metal disco pod. So at death metal disco pod, I think is what the Instagram account is. Everything else is the same for Twitter and Facebook. Anyway, Sam messaged me asking if he can share, uh, some feedback that he had. And I said, obviously. And he said, well, it was an episode Uh, I think it was the Christmas episode, the one right before Christmas, um, about how the holidays can be sad. Uh, That particular episode resonated with him um, being a single guy and, you know, experiencing the holiday loneliness and yada, 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 and various other things. But it was very, very nice to hear that my often idiotic ramblings um, had touched 
somebody, you know, they, they related to it. And it's good to have relatable stuff. Like not everything I do is relatable to other people. Most of the people I know uh, aren't in bands and don't have the experience of performing in front of several hundred people or have never been a dispatcher um, and, you know, maybe have never worked in public safety, that type of thing. So I, I know a lot of people in a lot of different walks of life, which is common for most people. Not everybody, you know, sticks to their own uh, circle of work and experience. I like to know a variety of people from a variety of backgrounds. And Sam is one of those people who, if it wasn't for the band, I probably wouldn't have ever met. But it was good to know that, uh, you know, I had actually a couple people reach out after that episode, which was nice. And it's good to know that people, first of all, that you're listening. Can't thank you enough for that simple fact that you're listening. Um, But the fact that, you know, if I say something and it strikes a chord, preferably a good chord with you, let me know. That's that's fucking awesome. Uh, it makes me feel like it's not just me talking to myself or talking to my cat who usually doesn't care because she's asleep. So that's good to know. One other person I'd like to give a shout out to, Catherine Alexander. Uh, she happens to be my aunt, but she's also a listener and supports me. And it's good. It's good to have familial support in addition to supportive friends and support of people you've never met. And uh, thanks to everybody sharing this with people that I probably don't know already. Uh, she's She's been a big proponent of that. Uh, ever since I was a kid, she was always a big proponent of me doing big things. Um, she's a big listener. And her and uh, her and Sam, they both, there's just this week, you know, commented on things or sent me messages. And also, and this is something I never expect never expected to happen anyway, is uh, on the Anchor F, the Anchor.fm platform on which I host this podcast, which I host, I don't know why I said it like that, but which I host this podcast, there is a uh, option to turn on listener support. And I turned that option on from the beginning and didn't expect anybody to use it. They say, you know, if you turn this on, you can ask your listeners to support the channel or support the, the podcast by... It's basically a direct donation to the podcast. Um, I turned it on, and I guess there's a message in the description when you listen on Spotify or iTunes or whatever about it. Never really gave it much thought. I wasn't going to ask anybody to to contribute to that, but uh, both Sam and and Kathy, my aunt Kathy, uh, they both found it, and both of them this week contributed, and that blew my mind. Not going to lie, did not expect that. Did not see that coming. Uh, it's super, super cool, and thank you both very much for that. Um, words alone can't express the gratitude, uh, but being that this is a podcast, for, for now, those will just have to do. And I promise you that at some point, whenever I end up you know, claiming the donation and putting it to good use, I will, in fact, put it to good use. Even if I win the $750 million in Mega Millions tonight, I will not let your donation go to something frivolous or to waste. It will go to something cool. Um, don't know what yet, but uh, so that's the thing. If you feel like contributing to the podcast and helping me help myself make this thing a real, a real deal, you know, that's cool. I appreciate you. You don't have to, but you know, if you do, thanks in advance. So. 
um, a while back, several of my friends started sending me TikTok videos, not of themselves or anything, just videos that they thought I would like. And I was adamant about not joining TikTok for anything. But let's be honest, there's some really entertaining shit that's on the TikTok platform. And it seemed after like something like 10 videos or something that I was sent, I couldn't just open them and view them without also joining TikTok. So I did. I set up an account and now I'll find myself drifting down the TikTok rabbit hole every now and again. I'm not hardcore about it. I'll send out things that I find that are pretty funny, but I don't spend hours upon hours um, watching the videos or anything like that. And I have yet to create my own. Nobody needs to see this. Nobody. Uh, speaking of that, my dad once told me, hey, if you're going to upload to YouTube, you should be on camera like Rush Limbaugh. And I threw up in my mouth a little bit and said, no, thank you. I'm good. Both because of Rush Limbaugh and again, I have a uh, face for radio. So that's cool. But back to TikTok. Uh, there are some talented, talented motherfuckers on TikTok. There's also a shit ton of people who are ridiculous on TikTok. And I've seen more than a few of those videos. The MILF crowd, especially. I don't know how the fuck I got sucked into that. I mean, I know how I got sucked into that, but I don't know how I went down that rabbit hole where it's literally just uh, ladies claiming to be MILFs who are relatively attractive, just standing there in their clothes, preaching about how good it is to visit Cougar Town and whatever. And I don't judge. I mean, it's, it's odd, but I mean, good for them, I guess. Maybe they're promoting their OnlyFans or whatever they're fucking doing. I don't know. Good for them. Anyway, back to the talented people, like, with actual skills, instead of just being attractive. Um, I, I've always been a sucker for voices. And things like good voices are subjective. Some people like voices, and other people don't like those same voices. But I've always been a sucker and drawn to the very deep, very bassy, very quote-unquote manly voices. So I've always been drawn to the deep, uh, manly, super bassy voices. Ever since I was a kid, I can remember the first time I saw Conan the Barbarian with Arnold Schwarzenegger and James Earl Jones. Uh, I wanted, or obviously I wanted Arnold Schwarzenegger's body. Uh, I went in a slightly different direction with that. Turns out that requires a lot of work. But I wanted James Earl Jones' voice. Between that and then him portrayed as Darth Vader, I was obsessed with his voice. Always have been. I still am. Anytime I can hear him doing something new, whether it's new audio for the Star Wars stuff, or he was on an episode of House uh, back in like 2008 or nine, and it was great. And I love James Earl Jones, and I love his voice. Um, everybody loves his voice. If you don't love his voice, fuck you. Uh, Alan Roach. He is the current PA announcer for the uh, Minnesota Vikings. He used to be the PA announcer for the Denver Broncos. He's done many Super Bowls. He was the PA announcer for a long time of the uh, Colorado Rockies. And I've sometimes been compared to him, which is extraordinarily flattering. Extraordinarily flattering. I do not think I sound anything like him. Um, or even James Earl Jones. Uh, but it's always flattering to be kind of thrown in to that group. I personally don't even like the sound of my voice. Most people don't like the sound of their own voice. Um, 
I, I've always been one that doesn't. That's in high school. They tried to get me to join choir. And in hindsight, I think I should have. Uh, I was already in band. I was a band geek. But I should have joined choir because uh, there's some bass singers on TikTok that are absolutely fucking phenomenal. And I'm my voice is right on that bass baritone hybrid. And uh, I envy the fuck out of some of these guys that are on there as far as their uh, vocal ability. And just the, the low notes that they can hit is unreal. And one guy in particular, uh, I've recently become a follower of his on TikTok. And he's a 19-year-old kid in Pennsylvania named Luke Taylor. And he's been a singer for as long as he can remember. According all this information is just shit I found out from his videos on TikTok. Um, he's always been a singer, been choir, performing arts, that type of thing. And his voice didn't drop until he was 17 um, to what it is now. And his voice is fucking unbelievably cool. And uh, I've never really envied anything about being a 19-year-old boy. 19-year-old man. I can't call him a boy. His voice is, his voice is un unfucking real. It's just, it's crazy. And, uh, you know, I've always envied Alan Roach and those guys I named before. And this kid, I mean, I, this kid could sing anything and make it sound just awesome. It really is just about the coolest voice I think I have ever heard. And I hope this kid, this guy, I hope he does something incredible with his life. And he's got a crazy good following on uh, TikTok and social media and all that. Uh, but I hope, I hope he takes his talents and just fucking conquers everything with it. This guy is amazing. So what I did, and I don't know if it's uh, legal per se or any of that, is I recorded... Um, one of the songs. So on TikTok, a big thing that people do is they, uh, you can duet. So somebody could make a TikTok video and then somebody else could duet that video, meaning that they, they can make a video to coincide directly with it. Often the people will be on camera side by side. And most of the time it's songs or reaction videos, like somebody's doing something stupid and somebody is filming themselves reacting to it. They will either stitch it together or they'll duet and it's it's weird. But for the music, the duet makes sense, right? So there's a guy that's on TikTok. And I, I don't know if he's a musician outside of TikTok. I'm guessing he is. And TikTok is just one of the outlets because that's extremely common. Is uh, His name's Sam Pope. And I think he's an Irish guy or English. I didn't do any research into him. And Sam Pope, if you hear this, I'm sorry. Uh, my research was focused strictly on Luke Taylor. Uh, Luke the Voice is his name on uh, TikTok. If you decide to go looking for this this guy, he's amazing. But anyway, Sam uh, Sam Pope did a video where he takes Eminem's "Lose Yourself" lyrics and turns it into like a a shanty that uh, sailors might sing in that kind of style. And he recorded it, and it's awesome by itself. But I didn't know about it until I found the video with Luke Taylor, who did the duet with it. And I uh, was able to save via the power of technology. Again, uh, I'm not sure if it's legal, and I'm hoping I don't get in trouble for it. 
but I'm going to splice it into this, and you can listen to the whole thing. Listen for the low note, the low voice. Um, that's Luke, and that guy, fucking killer, man. Um, just, there's one video he made, and I think it started with another Sam Pope video. I couldn't see the actual original video on there, but because Luke spliced himself doing this, he did all the different low-end voices, so he did some uh, baritone and some bass harmonies with himself. And that video is fucking dope too. Um, the audio is, the video is him sitting in front of the camera. But uh, this one, I think you get more of the separation. And you can hear this kid's voice and it's fucking phenomenal. And the song is cool because it's, you know, Eminem, but they twisted it up. It's unreal. So I am going to splice that in. Uh... I guess right now. Hello there, here's a shanty rap. Yo, his palms are sweaty. He's weak. Palms are head on his sweater already. It's mom's spaghetti. He's nervous on the surface. Looking calm and ready. Drop bombs spaghetti. He wrote down. Crowd is so loud. Opens his mouth. Words won't come out. He's choking how. Everyone's choking now. Clock is running now. Time's up over blow. Lose yourself in the music, in the moment, yeah you own it, never let it go, you get one shot, don't lose your chance to blow, it comes once in a lose yourself in the music, in the moment, yeah you own it, never let it go, you get one shot. Don't miss your chance to blow. It comes once in a lifetime, 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 lifetime. So I mean, you heard it, and Hopefully, it sounded good. I'm saying all this before I've actually spliced it into anything, so I don't know if it sounds good or not, but hopefully it did, and you could you could hear this kid's voice. It's unfucking real and uh, that's what makes me think that I should have joined choir and got some actual singing coaching back in the day. Uh, listen, there's videos of this guy just speaking, and his voice is legit. It's him. That's how he sounds, and... The most recent one I saw with him just talking, he also had his brother and his dad talk, and they don't sound like that at all. They sound uh, way more high-pitched. I was kind of shocked at how high-pitched they sound, especially compared to him. Um, I mean, this guy is... I'm in awe. And if I ever meet this kid, I'm probably going to be like just totally you know, in shock as if I'd met some sort of crazy rock star. And I'm okay with that. So that was uh, Luke the Voice on uh tiktok luke taylor i'm sure you can find him either way he's got underscores on other side of his uh his handle for tiktok as well as periods after luke so it's luke dot the dot voice um find him to do the dude deserves uh to be noticed just just yes he does uh and, and with that here's a motherfucking commercial so uh this has been probably the longest first part that was probably the longest first part of an episode uh, that I've ever done. This might end up being my longest episode so far um, until I start bringing guests on, which is going to be very, very soon. Anyway, um, I want to take a moment to travel back through time, which I've done, you know, occasionally in every episode, because why the fuck not reminisce about the good old days, as I like to refer to them? I actually never do refer to them as that, except for when I say things like I am right now, like the good old days. Um, picture this. Fall 2006. James, me, 
gets fired from a band called the Mandrake because they wanted to go in a different direction. Fast forward to January 2007. James, me, starts a new job as a police fire dispatcher 911 operator for a fairly large, busy metropolitan city in Colorado. The training regimen is very, very strict, and scheduling is goofy, and uh, it was difficult. Having been fired from the band previously, uh, taking some time off was kind of on my agenda. Didn't really want to commit to anything. I'd been doing the local band thing for almost 10 years at that time, and uh, I really wanted to focus on the job. I didn't want to fail at the job was the big thing. Um, we travel back in time to early 2007 on MySpace. If you don't remember MySpace, uh, that's a shame. MySpace was awesome. I actually started to write a poem about MySpace. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll unveil that at some other time. Um, I thought about it on the toilet last night. Gonna, not gonna lie. Anyway, MySpace, uh, that was back before Facebook was all the rage. 2007, MySpace. I get a message from a guy named Ryan. And this Ryan was like, hey. I was like, hey. He goes, dude, so you're not in a band anymore, are you? And I said, dude, no. He goes, well, hey, I got a band. We are uh, practicing. We play up in Fort Collins. We live in Fort Collins, Colorado. And uh, we're looking for a vocalist. And we had seen you perform in the Mandrake when the Mandrake had opened for Nevermore, as well as some other bands. He's like, we would really like it if you came and auditioned. And I don't know if you just heard my phone ding. I'm sorry about that. I did not silence it. Stand by for professionalism. Silence phone. All right. So he said, we would like it if you came and uh, checked us out. Let us know what you think. And I said, oh, man, thanks. Uh, that's cool. Very flattering. Um, I'm sure you guys are great. Not really looking for a band right now. I just took this new job, trying to focus on my career for a little bit. Uh, you know, best of luck. And Ryan, being the salesman he is, said, hey, you know, I understand all that uh, and I can appreciate all that, but I think you should come up and check us out. And if you still want to say no, that's fine. We'll accept that. And if you don't want to say no, then, you know, maybe we can go from there. But please don't, don't discount us without first hearing us. I said, all right, you, uh, you convinced me. Um, I've never been pitched anything like that. So I was like, fuck it. So I drove up to Fort Collins and I didn't know what to expect. I had scoped his, uh, MySpace out and, you know, it was MySpace talking before it was Facebook stalking. Got to keep it OG. And he, uh, you know, he had told me they were a metal band, more of a melodic, metal band. So I was like, oh, this should be weird. But he did not fit the stereotype that most people, including myself, based on experience, have of uh, metal bands. And, you know, he was very clean cut, very, you know, he worked out, handsome dude. And uh, I was not sure uh, that I was really gonna be into it. So I get there and it's him. Their bass player is out of town, but it's out his, it's at his house, his, well, his mom's house and the drummer, and the other guitar player. Uh, his name was Dave. And I can never remember the other the drummer's name. I think it was Nick. He wasn't in the band a whole long time while I was in the band. 
not that a whole long time is really good English, but uh, I want to say his name was Nick. I just can never remember his last name. And, you know, Ryan came out and got me, walked me inside. And when I got into the room, which was Aaron, the bass player's bedroom, uh, Dave was sitting on the floor and he had his guitar plugged in and he was playing The Angel's Venom by Monstrosity, which is one of my all-time favorite death metal songs. The fucking whole album is amazing. Um, that song, however, is is gotta be my top five. Easy. Easy peasy my top five death metal songs. Uh, pretty technical, pretty melodic, but it's fucking badass. If you haven't heard The Angel's Venom by Monstrosity, for the love of God, do yourself a favor and go listen to it. If you're a death metal person. If you're not a death metal person... You should listen to it anyway, and then maybe you become a death metal person. Then maybe you come to one of my band's fucking shows if we ever get to play again. So when I walk in and I see him sitting on the floor, and I hear that he is playing The Angel's Venom, I'm like, oh, fuck. I might have to join this band. You know, if, if anything that they play is remotely as cool as that song, uh, you know, I'm, I'm probably sold. It takes skills to play that song and accuracy to play that song on guitar. And uh, I didn't know what to expect. So we made our introductions. Ryan got his guitar. Um, very nice seven string. I think he still has it. And uh, plugged in. And I kind of sat in the back. They kind of warmed up. And while I was listening to them warming up, the sweep arpeggios and shit they were doing was fantastic. It was very, very skilled. And I was surprised just by that. So when they played their first song, I was sold. I mean, uh, I don't even remember what the name of that song is right offhand. I don't think it made it past demo stage when we were when we did it, but um, it was it was fucking crazy how good it was. So I was like, hell yeah, I'm in. <sighs> the thing that sucks about that whole situation is it was at least an hour and a half drive for me to get up there, and gas was extremely high. I was driving a Ford F-150 at the time and, you know, it cost, you know, 75 bucks wouldn't even necessarily fill up the tank most of the time. So driving back and forth was kind of problematic. Um, when I was in training for dispatch, I'd had the weekends off, but outside of that, I was working until 9 PM, uh, Monday through Friday. So that wasn't super conducive, but that was only going to last until June. And we knew that. So the weekends is when we would spend time with me going up there and I'd stay overnight and uh, we would work out some songs and uh, we'd fucking, I mean, most of the time I was just in awe of the way they played. So as we're doing this, um, we had decided, they I mean, they'd been working on these songs for a while anyway and uh, they had had a vocalist at one point, but he did not last very long. He actually went and joined the Mandrake after I was fired. Um, and that was probably more his style. I don't think, in hindsight, he would have been a, an extremely good fit for them. I mean, he could have made it work, but even in the Mandrake, it, it didn't work for me, at least. A lot of people were into it. Me, not particularly. Um, partly because I was fired, and I kind of liked the direction we had at the time. I'm biased, so whatever. Um, but the stuff that we were working on in this band was really, really good, at least from their their uh, their musicianship. Me vocally, maybe not so much. Me uh, lyrically, definitely not so much. Uh, I struggled a lot to come up with stuff. 
And it was weird going from the Mandrake, who could fill uh, some pretty good-sized theaters relatively easily. You know, if a good lineup was set and we were headlining, most of the people that came stayed, which was fucking awesome. Going to a new band, that was kind of a rough blow to the ego, but, you know, I tried to make do. So we had uh, started trying to book shows, and I didn't even know what the name of our band was. I think they told me when, when I went to, quote, audition and uh, I wasn't really paying that much attention, but they told me that the band's name was Allegiance. Like, you know, I pledge allegiance, and I was not too fond of that name. I don't remember why exactly. It just didn't sound like a cool metal name to me, a death metal band name. Uh, I mean, it worked, but I was not. I was not a fan of it. I did not pledge mine, if you will. Ha 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 ha. Anyway. Uh, so one of the first shows we played was this goat roast thing up in Loveland, Colorado. And it was, I want to say 10 bands, something like that. Something like 10 bands. I can't remember exactly how many. But because we were a brand new band and this was our very first show, we had to play first. And that sucked. I did not expect there to be really anybody there at 2 p.m. Other than the other bands and the people that come with them, like their girlfriends, boyfriends, that type of thing. And sure enough, it was mostly that crowd where it's just people that work at the bar, people that are there specifically to work the goat roast thing, and friends of the bands that hadn't necessarily come to see those bands, but to help them load their gear and shit. And so there was maybe 20, 30 people there uh, when we played it too. What I did prepare myself for was the look on these people's faces when they got to hear my bandmates play the music. Uh, some of the, a lot of the people that were there had known me because the Mandrake was also from Greeley and Fort Collins and Loveland. So Northern Colorado was very familiar with the Mandrake. Um, and this was a Northern Colorado show. Most of the bands that were playing it were Northern Colorado bands. Um, so there was a lot of familiarity with a lot of the people there, but I'm in a totally different band now. So in lieu of headbanging, um, I basically just stood there. If I wasn't singing, you know, screaming at these people, I just stood there and watched. I walked around on stage and I just watched the faces of the audience because the guitar playing blew them away. When we had any leads and solos and shit, their faces would be completely starstruck. It was it was crazy to watch these faces because these faces have been around for a while and they've seen really good musicians, but I mean, their their minds were blown. And I was just, I was loving that. Didn't have anything to do with me. I was just loving that reaction from their faces. You know, watching watching Ryan and Dave and, and Aaron play their instruments, the solos and shit. It was crazy. So anyway, we played that show. And we went over very well. And, you know, I was kind of at a stage of burnout. And we started playing more shows. And shortly after that second show, I think we ended up having two part ways with Dave. Uh, not going to get into any of that. Um, but we had to we had to kick him loose. And I was like, man, he's going to be a hard person to replace. I personally didn't know anybody that I think could play what we were playing or would want to um, based purely on technicality. And... I left it to Ryan, which, I mean, it was his band. I didn't really leave it to him. It's He was the leader. Um, I go back to work maybe a week or two after, maybe even shorter than that. 
he sends me a message or a text, maybe even MySpace, I can't remember, that he had found somebody and sent me that guy's MySpace page. I said, cool, I'll check it out uh, when I'm done at work or if I'm not busy at work, I'll check it out. So anyway, um, he had been talking to this guy and they had decided they were going to meet up and he was going to come jam with Ryan and they were going to go from there. And from what it sounded like when Ryan let me know about him, uh, he was pleased with what he had heard. And I was like, all right. So I finally checked out his MySpace. And just like it was with Ryan, I was like, I don't know. Um, this guy had just moved to Colorado. Uh, his MySpace was indicative that he had a degree in classical guitar composition. And I was like, that's fucking cool do you really want to play metal? But at least he had long hair. And I was like, well, that's, that's cool. I don't, I'm glad I'm not going to be the only long haired guy in the band anymore. Um, he didn't quite have that pretty boy aspect that Ryan, who, if you're listening, Ryan, you know, I love you and your handsome self. Um, he didn't have that same look. So I was like, okay, you know, maybe we'll look a little more like a metal band if we get this guy, but you know, I'll find out what his skills are. Classical guitar, you know, is, is awesome. I'm a huge fan of classical guitar. Not as big a fan as this guy is, but huge enough fan. Uh, you know, it'll be another week before I get to go meet him and jam with them. Fast forward to the end of that week when I finally do get to go up there. Him and Ryan had been practicing, I guess, pretty regularly for that week, just that one week's time. And I think at that time we had six or seven songs that we had. And when I got there, introduced myself, and he had a nice guitar. It was an old-school six-string Dean, but then he said he had a um, seven-string Dean Razorback White on the way. He was a big fan of the Deans back in the day. Uh, I said, oh, that's cool. I didn't really care, but I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, I just wanted to hear him play, because if he could play what Ryan had been writing, you know, we're golden. And sure as shit... You know, I asked him, I was like, so how comfortable are, are you? And he's like, well, we got about six of the songs down, still working on the last one or two. And I said, well, okay, I'll believe it when I hear it. And no fucking joke. In a week's time, he had learned everything but one song, really. And other than some, you know, fine-tuning of things here and there, it was unbelievably fucking badass. So, you know, this goes to show you don't ever judge the book by its cover, which when it comes to the metal scene these days, you can't really judge the sound of a band based strictly on the looks, which you should have never really been doing anyway, but the stereotype has been dissolved. Stereotype of 90s death metal versus uh, late 2000s and now the the 10s and 20s versions of death metal are definitely not the same. Some of the most brutal bands I have ever listened to come from people who look like they shop at the Gap, and, you know, that's fucking cool. It's weird to me, but... I don't know. It's, you just can't judge the book. And, you know, I found myself doing that and I don't regret it because it makes for a pretty good story, in my opinion. Um, whether or not these people feel the same way about me talking about their story, I don't know, but they'll tell me if they have a problem with it, I'm sure. Anyway, so we called ourselves Allegiance and we started playing shows and I was in the band for a little over a year. I joined in February, 2007 and ended up uh, playing my last show at the end of April in 2008. And that's because they wanted to practice three days a week in Fort Collins. 
Uh, my schedule was dumb and I had three days off a week because we worked 10 hour shifts, but driving back and forth and spending the money on gas and just time and being burned out from already being in the local music scene for 10, 10 years, almost 10 years, uh, it took a toll on me and they could tell that I wasn't into it. You know, the head banging was a thing long gone. Couldn't really get into it anymore when we played. It just lost my love for it. So we finally uh, had the difficult conversation in about uh, end of February. Uh, early in February, we had played at the Gothic Theater. And we played on Valentine's Day for, it was a pay-to-play Battle of the Bands thing. And you had to sell so many tickets to get a good spot. And it was this big bullshit thing that I didn't want to do. I didn't even want to play a show on Valentine's Day because it was a Thursday. It was Valentine's Day and it was at the Gothic Theater. And I don't know how many people the Gothic Theater holds. Um, I've played to it where it's packed. I've played to it where it's half full. But I didn't expect anybody to show up. And sure as shit, there was maybe 25 people in this big venue. And I definitely wasn't into it. I was also sick, so that sucked too. But um, they could tell that I wasn't into it anymore. So March comes along. We have the difficult conversation where we're talking. And I tell them. I was like, hey. You guys want to practice three days a week. You guys want to make a go of this. Um, I don't know that I could commit to that. And I don't know that I want to. And shortly before this, at the beginning of 2007, we had changed the name. So we went from Allegiance to something else. Any of you who know what I'm talking about uh, will know the name of that band. I'm not going to talk about that right now. But I told them, if you guys, if I'm done, if I quit, and you guys don't make a name for yourself and if you guys don't get signed uh that's all on you um you guys have the talent and the drive to make something of yourselves in the in the music business and not just in the metal music business but in the fucking music business and sure as shit my last show was uh i don't remember the date but it was the end of april in uh, 2008 and we played a place called road 34 which was like a Bicycle shop deli bar thing with a stage in Fort Collins. Or maybe it was Loveland. I can't remember if it was Loveland or Fort Collins. Cool little spot. Um, a great a great last show. A show to go out on for me. Um, there was no hard feelings or anything like that. I was excited to see where they would go. So that was my last show. Uh, fast forward to, I think, July. They had already found a replacement. He was in another band. Um, he changed up his style to go more with what they were doing, which is good. Cause when they told me he was going to be the one, uh, with the band that he was already in, I was kind of surprised. I didn't see that working, but then they told me, oh yeah, he, he changed up the way he sings. And I said, oh, cool. I'm very excited to hear it. They cut a demo, um, a good demo. And cause we had done a, you know, homegrown, not so great demo, but it was, it was a demo. I still have it. I still listen to it from time to time. Uh, come the end of the year, like, I think it was before that, that they told me, but come the end of that year, they had gotten signed. Um, and you know, I was like, fuck yeah, they got signed to a big label in the metal community and a respectable label. And they've been crushing it ever since, even with last year's bullshit, they've been fucking crushing it. And now they have something like six albums out total. I'd have to count. I didn't count before this. Uh, but yeah, if you know, you know. Um, but yeah, so that's the story of a band that I was in called Allegiance back in 2007 and 2008. And uh, 
yeah, sometimes I miss it. Sometimes I'm I'm glad that I like right now, Empyrean Eclipse. You know, we're not doing anything crazy. I don't know that I could handle my life if I was a touring musician. Seems like uh, I'd probably stress myself the fuck out. So anyway, I'm glad that they're doing well. And on that note, I'm going to call an end to this. So again, thanks for listening. If you have uh, anything to offer as far as uh, uh, just comments, hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. On Twitter, it's at Death Disco Pod. Instagram is at Death Metal Disco Pod. Facebook is the Death Metal Disco Podcast. Um, you can find me on Facebook if you know my name. Message me, whatever. Uh, do your thing. Um, if you're liking what you're hearing, leave a review on iTunes or Spotify, whatever your podcasting app of choice is. Leave a review for the podcast. It doesn't have to be good. Leave it. Be honest. You know, I can take criticism. I can take constructive criticism. Uh, if you want to send me pictures of your cats, like legitimate cats, dogs, I like pictures of animals. Uh, boobs are cool too. If you feel like contributing to that, you, you, you're totally welcome to. I'm not going to stop you. Uh, your parents might. Please be 18 and up. Anyway, uh, thanks again for checking it out. I appreciate all of you. Stay tuned because episode 8, that's going to have my first guest. And I'm still not going to drop his name. It is a he. So there's that. Uh, that'll be out a Monday from now. So the 20, I want to say the 24th. I'm not looking at the calendar. Whatever the Monday after the Monday that this thing drops is. It'll be that day, and hopefully it's a doozy. It'll be probably my longest episode since I'm going to be talking to somebody who I haven't seen since earlier this uh, past summer, and we hung out for a few hours, and good guy, and uh, very talented guy, so I'm looking forward to just hanging out with him. I might have some questions, like a formal interview. I don't know. i got to figure it out because I'm supposed to meet him tomorrow to record it and to have our hangout session, so... Stay tuned to that, because that one should be a doozy. Anyway, I love you all. Enjoy your week. I get to go to Idaho. So, land of potatoes. There might be something else there. I've been given good restaurant recommendations. So on that note, I will wrap this up. Have a great week. I hope to hear from you. Uh, be safe. Be well. And since uh, next week, or this you know coming few days, the 20th, his inauguration day, uh, in the words of Samuel L. Jackson, hold on to your butts.